seat as we prepare for our worship this morning. Today's going to be special for us in that we have a guest speaker. Yay! <laughs> we have a, listen, we, we go to every length to try and get the very best here. And so today we went halfway around the world to get Paul Gerber. Paul Gerber is here from Cape Town, South Africa, which is at the very tip. If you go any further south, you hit Antarctica. He and his wife, Hetty, are visiting in the States, and they're basically on a tour uh, looking for support for the work that they do there. And they were able to make a stop, come here and be with us this morning. Uh, some of you know that Anita and I, we've made three different trips to South Africa to work with Paul and actually there's a school there in Somerset West where they are and I've been able to teach in that and also to spend time doing some other Bible studies along the way. So that's that's been a great thing for us and recently because of COVID some of that travel's been shut down but I've also been able to teach over there in South Africa over a Zoom connection. And that's, that's a pretty amazing thing. In fact, in the middle of that right now. So, very thrilled to have Paul here with us. He is going to be presenting the sermon this morning and uh, no doubt a terrific message for us. But we're here to worship, yes. We've prepared our hearts, our minds, our spirits for that endeavor. So before we begin this morning, let's pray to our Father together. Our Father in heaven, we come before you now, humble as your servants, giving you thanks for the blessings that have ensued over this past week. We're thankful for every opportunity that you placed in our way, and we just pray that we were faithful in handling those things. But now here we are, Father, assembled together as your church to worship you in spirit and in truth. And we are frail in the sense that we're not perfect in this endeavor. So we pray, Father, that you will assist us to remove any thoughts from our minds that will distract or detract from our attempts to praise and glorify you. We thank you, Father, for this opportunity now, and we praise we'll seize it to your honoring glory. We pray that you'll be with Brother Gerber as he leads our thoughts today in the sermon. We pray for our song leader, our prayer leaders, those who will lead us in our thoughts around the table and in our time of giving. Help all of these acts to be done in a spirit that accept, is acceptable to you. Thank you for the privilege and thank you for all that can be accomplished in your name today. In Jesus' name, amen. Morning. So this is a song I've been wanting to do for quite a while now. We want us to learn this. Uh, I know sometimes some of you get overwhelmed with the new songs we like to sing, but uh, this is a beautiful song. I love it. And I hope that eventually we can kind of incorporate this with a, within with our Lord's Supper. Uh, so this is Living Hope. 
gentle shepherd.
Gracious Heavenly Father, we humbly bow before you this morning thanking you for everything that you've blessed us with, everything that you've given us. Father, we're thankful for another opportunity you've given us to gather here this morning to worship you, Father. We pray our worship this morning is in spirit and in truth, Father, giving you all the glory and giving you all the praise. Father, we are mindful of those who are not as fortunate as we are those who are hurting, whether it be from sickness, from loss of loved one, Father. We pray that you would bless them with strength and with health and with comfort. We're also mindful, Father, for those who are hurting emotionally or spiritually. Pray that you would give us the wisdom to say and do the things that would bring them to you, Father. Whether they've never known you or known you and wandered away, we pray that you would just Give us the words to say that would bring them to you and bring them to, to your son, Father. Lord, we are thankful this morning to have Brother Gerber. We're thankful for the abilities you've blessed him with. We pray that you would give him a, a recollection of things he's prepared. We pray that you'll be with him and his wife and his family as they, as they labor in your kingdom, Father. We pray many blessings and much fruit will come from his efforts, Father. Lord, we are Again, so thankful for all the blessings that we have, but especially the blessings we have in Christ, Father. We pray knowing that we fall so short of what you deserve, and we pray for forgiveness. Lord, we pray all these things in your precious Son's name. Amen. Imitation song after the lesson, we come to the feast. Song before the lesson this morning will be Guide Me, O Thou Great Jehovah. If you'd like to stand while we sing the song, you are welcome to do so. Guide me, O Thou Great
Now be seated. This morning I'll be reading from Matthew chapter 14, verses 13 through 21. Matthew 14, verses 13 through 21. And when Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him, saying, This is a deserted place, and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away, that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, <clears throat> They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, We have here only five loaves and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass, and he took the five loaves and the two fish, looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples, and the disciples gave to the multitudes. So they all ate and were filled, and they took up twelve baskets full of the fragments that remained. Now those who had eaten were about five thousand men besides women and children. It's good to be back here again. Did you know I have been here before? 43 years ago, this congregation invited some students from Fried Harbin, some foreign students at that time you were desirous to start to work in another country. And 43 years ago, I was up here. I think I led one of the prayers. I was, you made a lasting impression on me. I came in here Obviously, we are from South Africa, and therefore, we are natives from there. We were foreign students, uh, grew up in parts of the country where there were no elders within the church. And that morning, we came in here for Bible study. I think it was Bible study first. And I was impressed to hear the first person who did the prayer, praying for the elders of the church. And uh, I said, okay, that's great. And then the second person came up. And guess what? They prayed for the elders. And every prayer that morning, you prayed for the elders of this church. And over the last years since I've been back to South Africa, I have been bragging on Boonville, Mississippi. <laughs> Telling the people out there, this is what you need to do, praying for your elders. No wonder the church has been growing. No wonder that the Lord has done marvelous, marvelous things uh, with this congregation. We are so, so very happy that Brother Ken and uh, Sister Anita are here with you. We, uh, I told him when I heard that he was coming here, I said, hey, that congregation is all right. They pray for their leaders. You'll, you'll be okay there. <laughs> they, uh, they are fantastic people. I appreciate so much, Brother Ken. He is very, very, very heavily involved in our work in South Africa. We started a school there, and he's one of the key teachers we're enjoying him. They were him and Anita were there three times. Uh, we have been booking him for next year. I will be talking to the elders later about that. 
We are so thankful for the Guthrie family. Uh, Johnny and Kathy Guthrie are our Uber drivers. They have been making all the appointments for us. We have been here for uh, a period of just over a month now, and uh, they, are be, they have been making appointments for us. We are here on a fourfold mission. We are looking at the building an assisted living place right next to our church's building. We have some very, very, very poor people in our congregation. I would like to tell you about Auntie Gwen. Auntie Gwen, is, uh, she died when she was 92. She lived in a house, no power, no running water. She had to go and bathe uh, in a stream behind the house at that advanced age. I'd like to tell you about Auntie Gerry, who uh, in a need to find some living had to go and live with some denominational group and the pressure that they put upon her to conform to denominational dogma. Difficult, difficult times for many of our older people and so we are looking uh, to buy a piece of property uh, next to the church's building to assist uh, our older people uh, in the advanced age of life. We are also here looking for somebody who will come and help us uh, while we are doing our work there. Uh, you can see the gray beard is getting longer and uh, we are looking uh, at a succession plan whereby we can train somebody to come and walk beside us. We also do a report back of the last four years. It's been rough years for us. But, uh, you know, it's also been good. During my sermon this morning, we will make some illustrations of the things that's been happening over the last four years. And last of all, we also are talking to congregations about some of the students that have graduated from our school who are doing wonderful, wonderful work all across South Africa. We have some students as high as Nigeria, the Belgian Congo, and as well as Malawi and Zimbabwe. We have some wonderful people whose heart is in the right place and who have gone, have gone out there with lots of, lots of faith uh, to preach God's word. A person like Paul Olacha. Paul Olacha came from uh, the Congo down to South Africa. He was a teacher up there. In his desperation to find work in South Africa, he was, uh, he was a, a guard at one of the farms. We, on Saturday mornings, or excuse me, Friday mornings, we went there to give sandwiches and food to the children at the school, uh, soup in the winter, uh, some cool drink in summertime. Paul Olacha was at the gate, guarding the people going in and out and, and seeing that no uh, unruly elements will go in there. Well, he was a sitting duck. He couldn't run away from the gospel. And so he was baptizing the Christ, attended the school, got married, had two children, went back to his own country, doing a terrific work. Three weeks ago, there was a campaign uh, there for two weeks, and they baptized 22 people. Great, great work that he is doing. So we are talking uh, to various, wherever we go, we are talking about the program that we have. The Guthrie family has been involved with this work, and uh, they have been taking us to various congregations, Brother Johnny, organizing and arranging the meetings beforehand, before we even arrived. Sister Guthrie, Sister Guthrie has put up with the two, two foreigners in our house. We're not really foreigners. We, are, we have been friends since 1983. We saw 
the birth of the youngest son in 1983, and through the years we have we have been very very close. They've just uh, moved a week before we came over from South Africa here. They moved into a new house uh, in Colombia. A week later, we arrived. I don't know of any sane American woman who would do the same. <laughs> she has been, she has been, they've been, been perfect hosts. We have a lovely, lovely time. Anyway, all the, all the introductions are done. Just want to introduce you to Hedy. Hedy, come and stand up. I don't want to be in the limelight alone this morning. This is my wife, Hedy. Uh, we have been, I want you to know that if it was not a worship service, you can clap hands for us because we just, this year celebrated the 50th wedding anniversary. We have two children, four grandchildren. Uh, our children abducted our grandchildren, and two are in Ireland and two in, a, in Australia. And uh, so we are childless in Somerset, West South Africa. <laughs> but uh, we, uh, we, on the way here, we went through Ireland, and we could visit with some of our, our, our grandchildren at that time. We're talking this morning about the topic of feeding God's people. Food for the world. Our aim this morning is certainly to tell you about the need that the world out there has for the gospel. We will tell you how the gospel will not only change your life, but also how the gospel can change the world out there. This is the aim of our lesson this morning. You'll recognize that the that the text was read was uh, the text from Matthew chapter 14, where Jesus then uh, took five loaves and two fishes, and uh, he multiplied that to feed 5,000 men beside women and children. Let's roughly estimate that there were 20,000 people whom Jesus fed at that time with five loaves and two fishes. I want you to know various things before we start in the lesson. Number one, is that the previous, the previous verse, verse 12 says, And his disciples came and took the body and buried it, and they went and they told Jesus. This event happened just after the murder of John the Baptist. John the Baptist was uh, a leader of a group of people. And uh, his disciples then, many of them left to go to Jesus. So they were personal acquaintances of John the Baptist. Jesus was related to him. They were, there must have been a sense of grief, of deep discouragement among them about what has happened. It was a time of trial. It was a time of hardship. The people who followed him, nevertheless, they also must have been a group of people who have been touched by the life of John the Baptist. These were also helpless, helpless. These were people who needed help. And the time of hardship, they come to Jesus. And Jesus says to his disciples, feed the crowd, feed the people. You will know that this miracle occurs in all four gospel books, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There are some 36 specific miracles that are mentioned in, the, in these four gospel books. But there are only two miracles that occur in all four of these books. And this is the fact that Jesus arose from the grave 
And secondly, this miracle. And on the basis of this, we can see how high and value the world out there looked upon this miracle that Jesus performed. It was one of those miracles that people could not deny. There were so many of the people who benefited from this glorious feast that Jesus gave them at that time. Jesus says to his disciples, look at the crowd. Observe the hurt. Observe the fact that they came from far away to be a part of this grieving company. Disciples, obviously, they, they went, Jesus took them to a deserted place. They wanted to grieve. They wanted to be alone. But the crowd followed them there. Luke's account tells us that the, the disciples had just come back from the limited commission. That they just returned from there. And obviously they, have, uh, they are there to report some great highs and some very low lows. But this is a time when Jesus then took away to a place. Where they could be by themselves. The crowd follows. And uh, there's various kinds of advice uh, for this. Jesus says to his disciples, feed them. Lord, send the people away. Send them away to their homes so that they can get food. Jesus says, feed them. In John chapter 6, Jesus talks to Philip. And he says to Philip, Philip, where can a person buy food for all of these people? Jesus asked the question for the source of food. Philip immediately goes to, to money. He says, Lord, you know what? Even seven or eight months wages will not be enough to feed all of these people. So he immediately goes to, to money and says, there is, there is no way we can do it. He's standing by the creator of the universe. He's standing next to the one who made everything in this world. And he says, we don't have no money. <laughs> oh, how short-sighted we as Christians can sometimes be about the power of the mighty one. The power of God in the face of this hardship. This morning I would like to take this miracle. And I want to apply it to you and me. I want to make some practical lessons. I want to, to draw some conclusions about what we can do about the world evangelism. Obviously, you know that uh, we are from South Africa. And therefore, we have to talk about missions this morning. When I use illustrations this morning about our work in South Africa, it's not to brag about what we are doing. I don't believe that we are doing that wonderful work. I believe that God is involved in our lives. I believe that we are trying our dead level best. I believe that we have some great victories, and I believe that we also have some very low points uh, in our congregation, just like everywhere else in this world. But this morning, we want you to know that, number one, that Christ used his disciples to feed a famishing 20,000 people.
And I want you to know that God uses you and me today to feed the world. During the COVID situation, South Africa had a very severe, uh, the government had some severe, very severe restrictions. So we had to feed 75 families at one time to put food on the table because they, wasn't, they were not allowed to work. Nobody was allowed to go outside the house. As a result of that, we had to give physical food. But here Jesus uses his disciples to tell them, go and feed the crowd. He is the one who gives the bread to the disciples after he prayed. Go and distribute this. And the disciples were the ones who give the food, who gave the food to the multitude. Jesus had the power. He had the capacity. He had all everything needed to put the bread into people's mouths, into their stomachs. He was the one, and he is the one who can do all things, right? But he uses who? He uses the disciples. Isn't that the truth also about God's message today? How many of you have been brought to Jesus by somebody who spoke to you about the gospel? I come from a family uh, that belonged to one of the denominations in South Africa. I come from a family where, where we grew up very religiously, but religiously wrong. And therefore, we had to be converted. It, it took one person, it took several people to come to us and to explain God's word more correctly. My brother was the first one to obey the gospel. It took several years for him to work to us. Oh, we at that time, uh, you know, in the 60s, the, the church and the government in South Africa were very much intermingled. If you, if you left the church, it means that you kicked against the government. Oh, it was a, it was a, it was a horrible time in a, in a time of our history. But my brother, at one time, I was uh, in high school, was working for the, a company, and we were up in the, in uh, the ceiling of the house, December time. Remember the seasons are reversed in South Africa. Right now it's winter time. While we are struggling here with 90 degree weather, they have 40 degrees in Cape Town. We were up in there, this hot ceiling, and my brother, we finished the work up there, and he was sitting just above the air vent, and he says to me, pass the tools and I will put it down. And I said, okay, we're finished, we can go. He says, no, 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 we're not going. I said, what do you mean? I'm getting hot. He says, that's right. You have to feel what hell feels like. Because uh, today, you will not leave this place until such time as you promise me you will make a study of God's word. Well, he, he kind of twisted my arm. I said, okay, okay, I'm getting hot. Let's do it. My brother, other brother, he took down the mines. He was working for the mines at that time. My brother. Brother, just old and I am, Milan, I wanted to see what the mines looked about four miles down. So my brother took him down, they looked at everything. My brother says, uh, that Milan says, we need to go because I need to, I have a long trip home. My eldest brother says, I'm the one who ring the bell. I ring the bell for this cage to go up and down. 
I'm not going to ring this bell until such time as you promise to study God's word. And to, to recognize that God is God of your life. We were, we were forced to face the reality of life. And as a result of that, yes, we obeyed the gospel. Yes, it was a glorious day when God fed us with uh, his beautiful food from, from heaven. Because the food was there, we just didn't eat it. We ignored it. We, uh, we were so involved with denominationalism uh, that uh, we did not accept his word. We know that Jesus, at this time, he took five loaves and two fishes. John's account tells us there was a little boy there with five loaves and two fishes. I, I love this man called Andrew. Andrew, three times in the book of John, he brings people to Jesus. Here in John chapter 6, he brings this little boy with five loaves and two fishes. He says, but how far can that go? Ordinary food. Miraculous Miraculous food, ordinary distribution. Jesus takes this bread, this fish, he multiplies it. He gives it to his disciples and they have to hand it out. Uh, it's not exactly what God expects you and me to do. Taking the gospel out to the world out there. During COVID, uh, last year we baptized 65 people. Many of the foreigners coming in from Zimbabwe. They said, this is the end of the world. This COVID thing is bad for us. And so, uh, you know, as a result of that, we had so many people coming in. Uh, I was there one afternoon and a man knocked on the door and he says, what, so what is the Church of Christ all about? I said, come on in. We'll tell you. He was uh, from a Pentecostal persuasion. In fact, he was a preacher. The very next night, he was baptized into Christ. A week later, his, his wife was baptized into Christ and his child. He went back to his own people, uh, the congregation where he preached, and currently 22 of those people have also been baptized into Christ. Yes, God's word is out there, and at the time of famine, the time of hardship, Jesus feeds his people. And Jesus says to you and me, feed on me, eat my food. I would like to re just refer to John chapter 6, where Jesus says the following. He says, uh, from about verse 20, 28, Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and now is here. I am, sorry, I'm reading from John chapter 5. <laughs> Let me go to John chapter 6. I'm going to uh, read from verse 25. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are not seeking me. Uh, not You are seeking me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? What a beautiful question that is. And then Jesus, of course, will go on and tell them that he is the bread of life. Uh, Jesus says in verse 32, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, 
But my Father gives you the true bread from, bread from heaven. For the bread of God uh, is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Jesus says, I am the bread. In John 11 times, Jesus says, use the words I am. Here he is the living bread. Jesus is still the living bread for the masses out there. Jesus is still living bread for you and me. Jesus is still living bread for the people, for the denominations, for the atheistic world, for the, for the mission programs everywhere. Jesus is the answer. And therefore we have miraculous food, but we have ordinary distribution. The great lessons for the dis disciples here, the disciples, every one of them knew that there were only five loaves and two fishes. They knew the supply line. And they said, where will the food come from? But Jesus prayed and Jesus gave to them. And uh, therefore they saw once again that Jesus has enough bread for the, a whole crowd and to spare. How much food do you have here? Very good question that Jesus asked his disciples. Disciples had to confront themselves with the fact that they are in communication with the Savior of the world, with the Creator of the world. They were in communication with the one who started everything. And therefore, they had to depend upon him. Jesus says to them, bring the food to me. You, my friend, might say this morning, Brother Paul, you know, I know I have a duty to go out there and tell the world out there, but I don't know enough. I don't know what exactly to tell the people. But Jesus said, bring it to me. I want you to know that the best thing you could ever do is to tell Jesus, to tell the people out there, this is what Jesus has done for me. This is how uh, my life was changed completely. This is how I became uh, that person who was a rebel. To a person who is now at the center of the family. A person who is now taking uh, responsibility. And a person who is now making a difference. God's word will do that. Because God is faithful. And therefore, this is what you can do. Is go out there and brag about what God has done for you. How did we baptize 65 people last year? When you have baptized one person, immediately you have friends of that one person. You have relatives of that one person. And so what we do is we tell that person who are the people that we, that we can talk to. One of our missionaries from South Africa who graduates who went to Zimbabwe, climbed on a bus in Harare, the capital of Harare, and he sat next to a young lady and he said to her, where are you going? I'm going to Cape Town. He says, I'm going too. And introduced herself. They were not five miles out of Harare. And he asked her, so are you a Christian? And she said, 
Hmm, I don't know. What does it mean to be a Christian? What a beautiful discussion. About 20 hours later, when the bus stops in Cape Town, she was ready to be baptized. The very next day, he travels to his uncle. Uncle lives 100 miles from us in a town called Worcester. And uh, he went there, and uh, his uncle says, eventually said to him, I want to be baptized into Christ. Day after that, he was back at the building. He was raking some stones out there. Zimbabwean came walking past. His mother was in the hospital. He asked this young man raking the stones some questions. He invited him in and taught him the gospel. Three people in three days. He didn't know those people. These were people, totally strangers, whom he then introduced to God's word. I want you to know there are still people in Boonville who will listen to God's word. You might have some relatives. You might have some friends, people that you work with. You have some neighbors who has never, never accepted the gospel. And all they are waiting for is a moment, is the right time, the right words. Jesus came at a time when people were helpless, when the people were, were reaching out, they were crying in their hearts, and Jesus fed them his miraculous food. That food is still available to the masses today. And you and I have to wait for the right time, the right moment to say the right thing, to preach God's word to them. And as a result of that, those people will turn. God's word is still powerful enough uh, to turn people's lives around. But then we have to bring our inadequate resources we must bring to the Savior. I know of many of our congregation, uh, in our congregation, ladies who will write notes, who will, who will write notes to their, to their friends and say, this was the message for today. Here is that you can go into the Zoom lesson. This is what was recorded. Zoom, Zoom was, has become, you know, four years ago, three years ago, I could not spell Zoom but it's become a powerful tool for the school and also on Sunday nights. Brother Johnny is a tremendous organizer. He preaches, he, he, he talks to preachers all over the uh, uh, United States and uh, they then, at 11.30, they are preaching for us in South Africa on Zoom and uh, sometimes as many as eight different countries are listening to these Zoom, Zoom messages. Brother Ken, of course, has done it several times for us. I, I believe that hard times create opportunities. Difficult times open up doors for us. And this is where we have to step in. I want you to know that at this time the bread was enough for the whole world, for, for the whole crowd. And today God's word is enough. It is sufficient. In fact, Peter says, you have received, we have received everything that we need for life. And for godliness. Didn't he say that? And so we have God's word still sufficient for you and for me today. In fact, much more. We know that the bread was multiplied. And they picked up 12 baskets full. It was sufficient not only for that time, God's word. But it's sufficient for us and for generations to come. Two weeks ago in South Africa, we had two young men 
from Creve Hall who preached, the young people from all over Africa uh, then did the rest of the worship service. And uh, I am encouraged that the young people of the church can, can take forth the torch, can go walk up front in time to come because I see some tumultuous times coming. These are times of turmoil. These are times of difficulty coming. But I see God's people who will stay, walk up bravely like Jesus' disciples did, saying, we will take out the bread of life. And when we do that, I know that we will be edified, we will be fed. One of my, the things I, 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 I like less about my ministry is to go to the hospital. Oftentimes you work with people who are very, very sick, very ill, full of pain. And at a time such as this, you don't know whether they would want you there or want, they don't want you there. But you have to go. And so oftentimes I find that every time that you go and pray, you can work with those people that you are more encouraged than oftentimes they would be. You will be encouraged to preach God's word, to spread the good news. And therefore, the message for this morning is not only for that time, but message is for you and me. We have in our hands the gospel that Jesus is the one who is God. He is the one who came to this earth to show God's love, his mercy, his compassion. He is the one who lived, who died, who was buried, who rose again. He is the one who said to his disciples in John chapter 14, Behold, I'm going away to prepare a place for you, so that you may be where I am. Beautiful people, God's gospel is for you, but it is also for those around us. I have in my pocket here a card about Bible 101. I'm going to leave it up here. You're welcome to write down the particulars there. Bible 101 is that you might have some questions about God's word. We are living in a society where people do not talk enough about what God has done. We are living in a society where we are afraid to mention Jesus. Yet the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 1 verse 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God's salvation. Is that right? I am not ashamed. Let us get back to talking about bragging about what Jesus has done. Let us get back to telling the world out there, this is the God whom I am serving. So many times we get involved with issues rather than bringing the people to Jesus. Jesus says to his disciples, bring them to me. Will you do that? Will you come to him? The gospel message is yours this morning. I pray that if you've never obeyed the gospel, that you will truly repent, that you will truly confess Jesus' name, that you confess him as Lord of your life, and that you will be immersed for remission of your sins so that you will receive the forgiveness of sins, so that you will receive the Holy Spirit, so that you will be born again according to Romans chapter 6 from verses 1 to 4, so that you will be clothed with Jesus, Galatians chapter 3, uh, 26 and 27, so that you will be saved, 1 Peter chapter 3, 21, so that Jesus can add you to his glorious church. The message is yours. I pray that you will respond 
to the lesson this morning. And thank you, thank you, thank you so much for this opportunity that the elders have given me to be speaking to you this morning. If you're in need of an invitation, please come forward as we stand and as we sing.
meditate upon the Lord's Supper. Uh, if you lack your emblems of the Lord's Supper, if you would, please raise your hand and the ushers will be glad to assist you. Scripture this morning will be taken from the book of Hebrews, Hebrews 10, verse 10. Christ came to do the will of God. We serve a just God, and he had a plan for man's sin. By that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. In other words, it was God's will that his son would die upon the cross for the remission of sin. This is why Christ came to earth. If you would, please bow with me as we give thanks for the bread. 
Our most gracious and loving Father, we bow in remembrance of your Son, Lord Jesus. So thankful for all the many spiritual blessings through him. Father, we pray that we will remember the Garden of Gethsemane. We will remember the Hill of Calvary. We will remember the cross this morning as we partake of this bread, which represents his body. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Now let's bow for the cup. Father in heaven, once again we bow before thee with humble hearts, remembering your son for the sacrifice that he made. We pray, Father, that we will remember the cross, we will remember the blood that was shed for the remission of sin. We pray, Father, that we will now partake of this cup in a manner that's pleasing and acceptable to thee. In Christ's name we pray, amen. There are many ways for you to give your contribution. We have the contribution boxes at each exit here in the auditorium. You can give online. Uh, again, just several ways that you can uh, get your contribution to where it needs to be. If you would, please bow with me as I give thanks for our giving. Our most gracious and loving Father, help us to realize that all we have and never hope to have that you have given to us. We pray, Father, that we will always be the stewards that you would have us to be and that we will pray that all our work will spread the gospel. We love you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Good morning. Before Brother Chris uh, closes us this morning, I want to make uh, a brief mention of uh, a work that we are in, uh, involved in every year. Of course, uh, many of you go to Maywood third session and then, of course, eighth session. It's coming up in two weeks, Lord willing, two weeks from today. Many of us will be at Maywood uh, July 24th through the 30th. And each year I give you the opportunity to help if you uh, want to be a part of that. The elders here are so good to uh, help our children go to camp. Um, if you are willing to... Uh, uh, but there are always others who have a need, and every year I give you that opportunity. If there are those who want to participate by giving some funds to help uh, a camper go to camp uh, and be a part of that, there's always that need, and we use that uh, uh, funds to God's glory. And if you want to do that, many of you love to bake, and if you'd like to participate uh, by using that skill and want to send a, a cake for uh, uh, our meals, we would appreciate that. We need those ready to go by that Sunday. I'll say more about that next week. But if you want to participate in that, we need it to be uneiced. Uh, chocolate icing and 100-degree weather do not go well together. Uh, uneiced and on cardboard that can be thrown away. We'd appreciate that. And please start praying for the work. When you go out today, if you are a camper, if one of your children is coming, is going to Maywood Session 8 from this congregation, I please, I need that name on that on a yellow um, legal pad that will be uh, on the table in the back. 
uh, please do that so we will know uh, how many are going, number one, so that our elders will know who's there, and number two, that we'll know who needs a ride. Uh, we don't want to get Saturday morning with 12 people needing a ride in the front cab of my pickup because that's very uncomfortable. Thank you, Chris. And Chris is already driving the bus, right? Correct. Good morning. I'd like to take this opportunity to welcome each and every one of you to our Sunday morning worship services. If you're visiting with us, it's our prayer that uh, you were edified today and that you will be with us again at our next scheduled service, which is this evening at 5 p.m. If you'll take a look at the uh, Order of Worship Bulletin, there should be one close to you. Uh, on the inside, there's a very extensive sick and hurt list. And on the back, I have a few announcements. Our devotional at Landmark Nursing and Rehab is today at 4 p.m. If you can attend that, please do. The weekly food pantry item, peanut butter and jelly, the food pantry and closed closet, will be open July the 14th and 21st this month. Pinevale Children's Home Cookout is this Tuesday, July the 12th. There are food items needed, and there's a sign-up sheet in the foyer. Our SALT teams have been reorganized. Uh, there are lists out in the foyer. Please grab one uh, and see which team you're on. There is a Transform Ladies Retreat in Pigeon Forge. If you're interested in that, there is a deposit due, and there's a box in the foyer. There will be a Bible class teachers meeting Sunday, July the 1st at 3.30 p.m. in the Annex. There is more information on this. Please see the bulletin. Maywood camp fees, of course, are due now. Uh, and, of course, Sunday, July the 17th, the teen adult classes will meet in the auditorium. It will be a tremendous opportunity to be involved in an exciting evangelistic effort. We had 294 in attendance today. That is all the announcements I have. If you would please stand, we'll be dismissed. <clears throat> you bow with me, please. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for the opportunity we've had to gather together today to worship your word. Father, we pray for Brother Paul as he takes your word around the world to everyone. Father, we pray that you will bless his efforts. Father, also we pray for all those who have been mentioned as sick, those who are hurting, those who have lost loved ones. Be with them as only you can. Father, we pray especially for the leaders of our world, the leaders of our country, the leaders of our city. Father, we pray that they will look to thee for guidance and that they will come to realize that you are the one true God. Father, also we pray a special prayer for our elders. Father, guide them. They may make the best decisions in leading us. Father, we ask you that you will be with us as we go out through the later walks of life. Also, Father, we pray for Abby as she comes forward this morning. We pray for her and we pray for us that we may be an example unto her. Father, we pray that you go with us, guide us, and keep us near thee. In Christ's name, amen.